live from Philadelphia, you're listening to Corona, where three gay friends, each professors, creatives, and weirdos, talk with other queer and queer-adjacent creatives and personalities about anything they damn well like, from 80s pop culture to hypnotic sex practices, all while we're experiencing the COVID-19 pandemic. Season one of Queerona was recorded between March 15th and May 15th of 2020. So now lean back, relax, and enjoy. Hello, and welcome to Queerona. I'm George. I'm Philip. I'm Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't yep. think about that. We're talking about various issues with life, gay life, coronavirus, isolation, business, career, podcasting. Podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) So what's going on with you guys? Uh, Surviving. We're in week three, right? And we're uh, still dealing with this amazing chaos around us. The isolation, the fear, the guilt, the questions, the challenges. The self-discovery. I'm learning a lot about myself. What have you learned? I've learned that um, I would rather have a raccoon than a boyfriend currently. Um, I came to that realization lying in bed last night, and I really was like, I'm kind of lonely. And when I really cleared my thoughts and thought about, did I wish I had a boyfriend or did I wish I had a pet? In my mind, all I could picture was a raccoon. So I'm either cracking up or I've really kind of discovered some powerful things about myself. I'm not sure they'd be the best pet. So why the raccoon? I've always found them to be like little survivors, you know, they're, 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 I think like they're not really a pet. They're like a, like a, like a possibly a friend, you know, if they like you, if you have something they want. (laughs) (laughs) I see a lot of myself in them, I guess. Picking through trash. Yeah, I can yeah, tell yeah. you um, personally that uh, raccoons are terrible employees. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> because I once was um, supposed to be uh, camping in uh, Yellowstone National Park. Uh-huh. <laughs> and <laughs> Philip is like, why are you telling this story right now? But essentially, Michael Keeler knows this story. So essentially, I was going with my friend Lester to Yellowstone National Park, and he like set it up so we were supposed to be camping. And I didn't know that. So we got to this place, and it was like a slab with an outdoor like beds and stuff. And I was not prepared for that, you know? So I got really upset and I was like, I'm not sleeping here. I don't care if we need to pay a lot of money. I'm just not going to stay here. So we go to this other place uh, and I pay for it. And then, but we had already taken the towels and whatever for the campground. So the next day he was like, well, because we had to switch this place, you need to go back and and turn in the towels. So I was like, oh, you know, like this wasn't even my thing. Like I, why are we, why do we even, why do you even attempt to have this, campground for us to stay in. So I'm already annoyed. So I'm carrying these towels and I get out of the car. I'm like huffing and I open the door and I'm like, look, these are the towels. We didn't use them. We're not paying anything for this. Blah, blah, blah. And there's this figure at the desk, you know, we're not paying for this. And like, 
I plop them down. And then I hear this like extreme like hissing sound. And I look up and the person working the desk was a raccoon in my face, hissing in my face. Wow. Yeah. Very angry at me because I had been complaining to this and screaming at the customer service of this raccoon for about 20 minutes. Did you ask to see the raccoon's manager? <laughs> I should. <laughs> I was, I wanted to like look, you know, I didn't want to be scarred. Yeah. So I, I, right. I moved. I moved. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> so that's what's going on with me too. Just, it's a, that's a double question. Um, mm-hmm. Philip, what's going on with you? Uh, just still working on doing a lot of Zoom. Working with people. I think we're working, we're talking about how we might be working harder because we have more Zoom meetings than when you're actually in person with people. Mm. It's just kind of yeah. like a constant stream of two, three, four Zoom meetings a day. I, feel, I think people feel like um, they can contact you at 11 p.m. too. Like yeah, time is definitely time is definitely different. It's different, broken in a weird way. Yeah, that people just think you're available because you're home. That you're not mm-hmm. doing anything. So we want to invite Michael Keeler to this this forum, this uh, consortium of minds. Uh, Michael lives in New York, but has also previously lived in Philadelphia. He has a degree in dance, but also runs a chain of gyms, specialized gyms called Mark Fisher Fitness. He also has an agency that consults small businesses and finds up and does professional development for them called Business for Unicorns. And so hello and welcome. Am I missing anything important to, that we Thanks should tell you? Thanks for me, friends. No, you nailed it. How are things in New York? What's going on? In general, the feeling I'm getting from most friends and people I work with in New York is that it's just weird. Like, I don't know, that's the word that keeps coming up all day. It's hard to describe with anything more descriptive. It just, it feels weird here. There's some people that we know who are, you know, going through like hell right now, you know, working in hospitals and you know, self-quarantining themselves from their families, you know, like crazy shit. Um, and there's some people that are, you know, just working as always, but from home and don't have a, a lot of a lot of change other than they're just home right now. And there's a lot of people unemployed. It's just kind of a strange time and no one really knows how to talk about it or think about it yet. But you know, we're going on, this is our second week of being inside and I know I haven't adjusted personally, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's a fascinating time. I'm curious to think, I'm curious to see how things progress and how we kind of look back on this, this time and think about it in hindsight. But in the moment, it just feels weird all over. It's just strange. Like I find myself wanting to like take pictures of this weird reality we're living in every time I turn the corner. So yeah, I don't know. Weird is probably not the best descriptor, but that's a word I hear people saying the most. There's something interesting too, like it's leveling in some ways, you know, because everyone is experiencing. But at the same time, depending on your, you know, how much money you have, what your job is, what you're required to do, I mean, all those things of where you're living, your living situation, that all really affects, yeah. you know. Your yeah, family. I mean, it's, it's definitely like not the same for everyone, just like life before this, <laughs> you know. It's not the same for everyone. I mean, for example, the two businesses that I have, and one business, the fitness business, we've been closed down since last Monday, and we had to lay off basically everyone. We had to move as much of our training and much of our services we could online, and we're you know, employing just a few people part-time. But that's like, you know, 30-some people 
that I personally had to lay off, you know, last week. So that's not fun. No. Um, and but the other business that helps, cons, you know, consult and do leadership coaching for other for other businesses is actually still doing pretty well. Those people still are using us, engaging us. I know personally, you know, everyone had, it, it, there's different concerns, but for me, like not being able to go to the gym is a big component of me not of uh, me being happy or not, you know? So yeah. yeah, it's a, it's a core habit for a lot of people. It's a real part of their daily habits and routine. And, and so that's why we have a lot of folks who transition to training with us online. Like, you know, right now we're recording in a zoom room for listeners and this is how we train people. We have a class of 35 people who come on and train live, uh, you know, with a coach and half the people are coming cause they really like working out every day. And the other half are coming just for like, human connection, right? Yeah. Just to like see someone and have something on their calendar for that day. Don't you just hate the holidays? A couple of weeks of partying and you feel like a real blimp. Even your ankles got fat. It's enough to make you want to give up. But that's when you gotta get tough. 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 Get tough. Tough. <laughs> for those of people who are not working or like minimally employed. Uh, and so, you know, there's, I think a good half the people that are coming to our online classes are just there to like see a human, have a conversation to be seen. Um, and that's, you know, it's a huge, it's a huge value. I, I hope we're providing to them. So the last three or five years we've been doing online stuff. We started with doing online nutrition coaching. We built a, uh, we're really connected to the Broadway community here in New York. So we built a website called mybroadwaybody.com, which has, workouts people can stream with like Broadway people working out in it. So we've dabbled in stuff like that. But this just literally last week is the first time we launched something that's a live class for multiple people. How do you sort of make that work considering, you know, that you specifically Mark Fisher Fitness has this sort of like almost performative theatrical aspect to it? Yeah, that's a great question. So yeah, for people who don't know, like we're known as kind of a wacky eccentric gym. Our like motto is ridiculous humans, serious fitness. And most of our trainers are all like previous performers. And so we have like costumes and props in the space and lighting and disco balls. And so in the space, it's kind of a fun, wacky, kind of wild experience. And so online, we try to do the same thing. So we start every like every remote class with like a fun name game that's getting everyone to interact and, you know, work on their friendships, as we say. And then at the end, the final five or 10 minutes, our instructor actually has like, um, like disco lights in her apartment where she's filming, filming it. So the final 10 minutes of class is like kind of a disco dance party. And you thought jokers were wild? You have to be batty not to join in the Dance Party USA. Today at 5, 4 Central. You know, some people will say it's not the same, but it's as close as we can get. And I remember like seeing guys working out. I mean, it was probably like added to my sexual fantasy, but also like <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I wanted to enter into that world, you know, and like so whenever I had an option, like there was a guy who was a wrestler who said he was going to like, let me, I was going to work out with him. I was going to become a wrestler and whatever. And oh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I see your interest in sports. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. In high school. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He actually gave me this scar on my shoulder. Oh boy. Good Lord. You know, right here. And how did you, what was that scar from wrestling? No. He took a, he broke a coffee cup and then sliced me with the coffee cup. 
Oh, oh God. Which sport is that? <laughs> this, this game. Manslaughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The game of life, Philip. Game of life. <laughs> was this like the first date where he's slashing you with a coffee cup? Well, he was attracted to me, but also straight, you know. So that he was dealing with a lot. Rage. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of inner conflict. So he was unavoidable. He was what? Tune in tomorrow. He's our yeah. guest. He's our guest. <laughs> He's our guest tomorrow night. Yeah. <laughs> Look forward to hearing from him. Yes. yes. <laughs> We're just going to do a series of like straight men that I've had some kind of situation with. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Which oh, would my. include several of my ex-boyfriends. <laughs> the only real gay one is 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 on this podcast right now. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Reveal yourself. Which, one, which one of these three men on call is that? Unmask. Unmask. <laughs> Unmask yourself. <laughs> Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Reveal. <laughs> if it wasn't for these kids, I would have gotten away with it. Maybe it's because I like um, baseball. That's it. You I do remember going to a, the first time I met your New York friends, we went up to some bar, remember this? And I went, I left the bar and went like across the street to like a little Irish pub where I watched the baseball and drank scotch. And I guess that didn't go over well with George's friends at the club. They somehow <laughs> thought that was- <laughs> Yes. It was like a very like, you know, downtown East Village. Who is this Village. guy? <laughs> yeah. I was having this very East Village party scene, you know, Michael T and all these people. And then I brought someone who like refused to stay, left to go to this Irish bar to watch baseball. So it's like I was already, it was like I was dating a straight person. Yes. (laughs) You do you, Philip. You do you. There you go. And Um, I'll say, you know, just going back to the topic of like, you know, my relationship with sports in high school is that, you know, it also like it carries on like, you know, the last 10 years I've gone to like a lot of fitness conferences and stuff and I'll just be in a room with like hundreds of straight dudes and I'll still have like low key anxiety about it. What are you doing, Matt? Uh, <laughs> washing, washing dishes. <laughs> I was unwrapping or something. Uh, I apologize. <laughs> it's it's interesting how your relationship also changes as your identity changes. You know, like I think we as gay people, like our identity of, or even our sexuality changes throughout time. You know, like I feel like who I am sexually, my sexual identity. <laughs> Why do I keep talking about this? <laughs> because I've been alone all day <laughs> for weeks. <laughs> Let it um, out. Let it out. You know, like who I am sexually is different or, or like even my approach to gender is different than it was 10 years ago. So I think that like your relationship to fitness, your relationship to all these things changes over time. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Well, is it evolution? The the I mean, evolution's the point of existence. You know, why why live a long life if you're not going to consistently evolve, at least in some direction? Right. Yeah. And, and as gay men, we've always had to evolve in some way, you know, or adapt, or change, or or grow. I think sometimes more than straight men. You know, we've had uh, we've had to live s- several lives. Yeah. Well, I think you're, you said this a little bit earlier, Matt, I don't remember exactly what you said, but something about like the coronavirus moment right now is a moment that's also kind of inviting us all to like 
take, get some perspective on our life. <laughs> and like, this is a moment where we're kind of all getting a chance to like really sit back and take a look at our life from a little distance. Some of us, not all of us. You're in a unique situation where the clientele that are going to you are not necessarily like bros that want to get mm-hmm. big. No. Yeah. I mean, the, actually the majority of our clients are queer, you know, so like, you know, most, most of the folks that we serve are in the LGBTQ community and they're frankly the people who don't go to big box gyms because, you know, <laughs> you know, if they're anything like me, I'll start my story. It's just being bullied every time I was in gym class or trying to yeah. go to a regular gym. And so we're really for those people who, you know, we lovingly refer to as like the Isle of Misfit Toys. It's like the people who are the band geeks and the musical theater nerds and, you know, all that, those people who need a gym (laughs) to to take care of themselves and learn to, to, to like working out. Cause most of us didn't get to learn to like working out in our, you know, in our teens. Do you think that, you know, I was, I had this conversation with my friend David recently about, you know, like us being gay and how that affected our own relationship with sports and with like who we could be in terms of, Oh, you know, like I know that for me personally, and I was saying this because David sort of agreed that like, if I had been, if I had grown up in a high school that was that being gay was, was that everyone was gay, that I probably would have been more of this jock type. But the fact that I was gay prevented me from being that person because um, I had to go to theater, not necessarily because I wanted to, but because that was the only place that was safe for me. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what about you, Philip? Because you really, you know, love sports. So what was that like for you in high school? I guess I didn't have the same sort of uh, association with gay maybe in high school that that other people did, right? Like, I didn't think about it. You know how, like, in high school, people develop at different ages, so you just think, like, oh, I guess I'm not, like, developed there. But I did find theater also because it was a place to go at lunch, after school, et cetera. But I also did love baseball a lot, so, you know, it's hard to... uh, (laughs) Yeah. It's hard to say that, like, oh, yeah, I wouldn't have been into that if I was... If it was all... I don't know. You know I mean? I don't don't agree with that. Yeah, I can say for myself, even if, if, like, you know, I felt like I was welcomed or allowed, I still wouldn't have been into it. (laughs) But but I think you, George, probably would have because you wanted to be active and physical and you have a little competitive streak. (laughs) And so I think it would have been a really good fit for you in many ways. I'm getting bored with thinking thin. The shape I'm in's the shape I'm in. I'm sick of feeling guilty when I eat. Me too. I'm giving up this dieting. My growling stomach's rioting. I gotta have a taste of something sweet. Don't want no boiled chicken or boiled taters. No plain salad. Tuna with no mayonnaise. I've been doing a uh, happy hour with the friends in California and it's like, Oh, we should do this again next week. And, and it's kind of like funny that you think that like, we could be doing this all along. Mm-hmm. Right. But no, like yep. we privileged the in person. So they weren't going to have happy hour with me because they go out to happy hour. Exactly. Like this right. idea of like Friday night, they never would have thought about going on zoom, getting their own yeah. drinks, sitting with me well, and we chat. Yeah, that's it. And now they're like, this is the coolest thing ever. We got to do this again. You're like, well, we could have been doing this the whole time. <laughs> this is te- not too new technology. <laughs> <laughs> like, why would you well, rather you know, sit like, with me in a real person bar, but not online? 
Yeah. Like my husband is a social fucking butterfly, um, like way more than me. I'd rather be at home a lot. <laughs> and, um, and during this time, he has been just, just as, if not more connected to his friends. Last night, he was on like a FaceTime with a group of friends who were in a Zoom. Um, uh, what's that called? Um, where you go to a bar and you ask questions, quiz, like a quiz show. What is that called? Quizzo. 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 Tri- uh, no, it was trivia. <laughs> like a trivia, trivia. night mm-hmm. that usually is hosted at a bar, did it at Zoom. And so you got to log on as a team, but then your team had to be on FaceTime together. So he went to like a full-on trivia night with a ton of friends. There was like 35 teams on Zoom. Um, and, you know, he's Marco Polo, you know, Marco Polo, the app. This is Marco Polo yeah, with it. like, you know, five different groups of people all the time. And so like, you can be as connected as you want if, if you're cool with this, this new option, but it's not really that new. <laughs> you can help support Queerona Podcast by sponsoring us on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash Queerona, where there are several tiers of support where you can assist us with our production and bringing new voices for season two of Queerona. There are three tiers of support. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, what are you doing? There are four tiers of support for Queerona. Our first tier is a $15 shout out. Our second tier gives you all access to all of season one immediately at $40. At $50, you receive that plus the shout out and For those who really want to support us, you can get a luxury t-shirt designed by collage artist Toby Celery for $100. So um, we want to uh, end with talking a little bit about um, something that we think might be interesting to do or share uh, while we're all isolated. Um, mm. um, I would like to share, I've been, I just did a, um, a lecture on goth and I've been thinking a lot about goth lately and how goth is really all about isolation and about loneliness mm. and kind of finding beauty in darkness and oh. em- embracing melancholy. Um, so for me lately, like goth has been really, um, it's a form of protest, you know, it's a way of kind of finding beauty in sometimes, you know, when goth originally originated finding beauty in sort of a post-industrial world. And now we're finding, trying to find beauty in this kind of isolated time that we're in. I've been thinking about that. And the first gothic song that was classified as goth is Bella Lugosi's Dead by Bauhaus. And Mm. so my selection of the day is to listen to the spacious, uh, reverbed, dangerous and dark Bella Lugosi's Dead by Bauhaus. Wow. Bella Lugosi's Dead The birds have left the bell tower The victims have been bled that velvet lies The black Uh, Okay, I'll go next. Um, I'm a big TV person, and so I've been gobbling through, you know, all the video content I can. And if everyone's done watching Tiger King, I'd highly suggest 
the television show Devs, D-E-V-S, on Hulu or FX. Um, it's a really fascinating, beautifully shot, creepy, mysterious, kind of disturbing show about quantum physics, the afterlife, and human decisions. You knew I was going to come here. The sense that you were participating in life was only ever an illusion. Life is just something we watch unfold. And do we live in a universe where we are fated to do something? You know, is, is our world deterministic or do we have opportunities and choices? And what does that mean for the people around us? And it's got a lot of great acting. I have been surviving on Turner Classic movies. And one of the things I love about that channel on the cable is, you know how like nowadays I feel like we live in this world where we have like endless options. Yes. Anything you want to see, you can see. I love the idea of like sometimes when I'm ready to watch a movie or ready to watch TV, I like go on there and just see what they're giving me. You know, so my options are limited a little bit and then I pick from those movies. And sometimes you discover something that you didn't really know existed and it's so good. So the other night I watched Elevator to the Gallows, which is a 1958 Louis Mao film. It is so amazing. It's a film noir that all takes place in Paris and it's worth watching if nothing else to see uh, Jean Moreau as she walks through Paris looking for her lover who she thinks is like stood her up and she keeps going to different bars uh, and asking if Monsieur Tavernier has come in and they're like, no, I haven't seen him because he's stuck in an elevator, which we know, but she doesn't know. And it's all set to a soundtrack by Miles Davis, this like really amazing 1958 trumpet soundtrack. Wow. And she like wanders through the city with this amazing look on her face. And then every bar she goes into is populated with like these really cool visual elements. So you can like watch it over and over where it's just like, who are those cool people in the corner? And even one hotel, it's like this roadside motel. I'm sure it's like this weird gay couple it's supposed to be where it's like this weird <laughs> age inappropriate men. They're kind of dressed up. And I know it's just like, you like see these different elements. It's like almost like a Fellini film with these weird like set pieces. So. But that's like all because it was on Turner Classic Movies, you know. That's interesting. <laughs> Michael, what do, what's your what's your media consumption? You know, I'm such a I'm such a basic bitch when it comes to things I watch, but can I give two? Can yeah. I have two? Yeah. So one is I'm such a huge fan of British shows and I'm such like a nerd for like the great British bake off kind of show. And there's one that I just discovered, even though it's not new. <laughs> it's, I think it's been around. It's like on the third season in the UK, but it's called the great. This is, this will show you what a nerd I am. It's called the great pottery throwdown. Have you heard of this? <laughs> Do you like doing pottery? No. And it's just the most like quaint, fucking adorable British show that's the same exact format as Great British Bake Off. If you know that, it's, you know, the format is like a specific equation, same equation, just replace baked goods with pottery and everyone's so nice to each other and they make adorable little tea sets out of, 
out of clay. Welcome to the Great Pottery Throwdown. The search for the greatest home potter in the country is here. Fantastic. Remember, finishes everything. Get a wiggle on, Tony. I've got many minutes left. The brand new series. It's fantastic, mate. It's fantastic. Of the Great Pottery Throwdown. Coming soon to more four. They even have like weird challenges too, where they have to make tile to tile a fireplace. They have to make one of the one of the semi semi finalists, uh, semi final uh, episodes. They had to make a, a toilet, like a Victorian style decorated toilet. My more serious like PBS nerd in me really is a huge fan of long documentaries, and the Vietnam War documentary that Ken Burns put out a few years ago is insanely good. It's literally like ten episodes. It's like I don't know, something almost 18 hours of a documentary that took him 10 years to make about the Vietnam War. So did you do like an episode and then an episode? And then an episode. Just to stay sane. Just to stay sane. <laughs> Those are my two. Did you do some research on Vietnamese pottery as well? <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. I need to cross over. Yeah. Wait, George, isn't crossover. that the... The, the reality show that you auditioned for or no, George? <laughs> well, thank you, Michael, for talking with us today on Queer Rona. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Me. And thank you for listening to us. Have a great night and goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. Stay at home. You have been listening to Queer Rona. Queer Rona was hosted by George Alley. Matthew Ray, and Philip Moore. With editing by Paul Schuler. Theme song, Undivided Attention, by George Alley. Available on iTunes. To support Queer Owner, please go to patreon.com backslash Queer Owner. Queer Owner is available on iTunes, automatic.com. Queer Owner.